Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 51 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, one week away from our one-year anniversary special. we got a big announcement coming next week, and we've got redemption trivia next week. So I'm going to take, I think I'm going to do 10 trivia questions that Drew got wrong. Could be from season one, two, three, four, four and a half, or five. We're taking all those past seasons, trivia questions Drew got wrong, and we're going to put them together next week for a special one-off edition of trivia season six of trivia will begin starting episode 53 or 54 no trivia this week coming off a 50 trivia question week episode 50 drew it's in the books it was an amazing episode did very well as well how are you doing on a sunday morning i'm doing great we have a lot of good stuff to talk about in sports the lockout aaron Rodgers, and some crazy college hoops Top six seeds lost in college hoops on Saturday. We'll talk all about it. A little high school as well to get things going. But first, follow us on our social media pages. At the time of recording, we are three subscribers away from 50 on YouTube. So get us to 50 subscribers. That's our goal for the one-year anniversary. All we need is three more to get to that 50 mark. Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Facebook and YouTube, Jordan Drew, the sports crew. Twitter, JD Sports Pod. We're on all the major social media platforms, all the major podcast platforms as well. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you can leave us a review on Spotify now as well. I know I don't shout those out every week, but that's something you guys could be doing to really help us out a lot. Speaking of helping out, let's talk about the shout-out this week. We got two of them. I'm going to give Drew his shout-out. He wants to give one. He can do it, but let's start with Reedsville. Brendan Duracek, you may know him on the football field, but you should know him on the basketball field as well. On February 18th, he set the record. So I know it was a little bit ago, but we weren't able to talk about it last week. So this week, Brendan Duracek, we can give him the shout out as he has now broke the scoring record at Reedsville High School. 1,375 points and counting. That record stood since 1964. So it's been a long, long time he actually had a triple-double in the game where he set the record, and the Panthers lost to St. Mary's Catholic. But overall, shout-out to Brennan Duracek. There's nothing better than setting a school-scoring record, and who knows if it'll take 58 more years for someone to set it again. And, Drew, I know you had a scoring record of your own. Yeah, um, I got something to top that off. Eric Olson scoring on senior night against Sheboygan Falls. Eric Olson of Alders Senior. You know, coming into the game, he's played JV this whole year, was able to get some varsity minutes in some games, but wasn't able to score. But in senior night, you know what? He had to score, and he did that. So congratulations to Eric Olson. The student section was cheering him on. It was electric. When he scored, parents, coaches, players, everyone, fans even, students, everyone knew the greatness that happened, and the Valors Gymnasium went wild. That's the best right there when you've got someone who really never scores or never gets into the game and then they come in and they hit a bucket, whether it's a blowout or not. I mean, even if you're winning and it's a blowout and you still bring one of those kids in and they hit a bucket, the gym goes crazy. Like it's the best thing they've ever seen. Huge shout out there. And now it's time for the stats of the week. Olympic viewership. I wanted to talk about this a little bit. And I found an article on the New York Post. It was saying how the Olympics averaged 11.4 million primetime viewers over its two and a half week run. That marked a 42% drop from the drastically low-rated Piero Chang Olympics in 2018, which had registered the lowest viewership up until that point. So, 
Olympic viewership is going down big time just for the winter ones. It seems the highest was actually after the Super Bowl, 21.2 million average viewers. And I don't know if I trust that a whole lot because people might just still have that channel on after the Super Bowl and they aren't really paying attention. You know what I mean? Like they just kind of leave it there. They're out doing their own thing. So that getting the highest is not really doesn't sit too well with me, but Drew back-to-back years of the Olympic viewership going down. I mean, I feel like this year, and it gets a little of an asterisk next to it because we just had the Summer Olympics, but still, I don't know what the Olympics can do to get them up, but dropping almost 50% from what was already the lowest, this isn't a good sign. Yeah, uh, talking about the NBC sports, you know, the Super Bowl being on NBC, and like you said, the chance of leaving TV on and just playing after was up there as well. But look at even... The advertisements, they were advertising a lot during the Super Bowl. So um, it, it seemed and it was more, like winding yeah. down Super Bowl time as well. So, yeah, it, it seemed like a, a reason for a lot of viewers and overall viewership in the Winter Olympics. I'll be honest, I don't watch a lot of it. It's it's not it's not exciting. Um, I, I just for me, at least there, there's some sports in there. And, you know, it seems like the general population just does not see that same, you know, excitement and you know, just overall that patriot feeling, you know, that patriotic feeling of watching your country in the Olympics. It seems like it's just not there as it used to be because Summer Olympics, though, on the other hand, has still been um, popular. But Jordan, talking hockey, right? Uh, NHL did not send players for the Olympics either. so they didn't. No, they didn't. So it was a bunch of younger kids and just kind of the players. No that, one's really known of and that also affects it. That seems like the winter sport uh, that people would watch, right? That's the only one I watched. Yeah. And that's why I, I think of, you know, situation with leaving the pandemic. Uh, I think I think that just really hurt the, the Winter Olympics, especially. And I'm, I, we're not trying to dog on the Olympics. These these athletes are talented. They are phenomenal people. We hope the viewership goes up. I'm just stating like it's it's been seen as boring. It's been seen as there's better things to watch. I like talking about possible things you could be doing, you know, watching basketball, watching you know, college basketball watching and the these Super sports Bowl. are just so like niche based as well like bobsledding skiing figure skating you know what i mean like it's not like these are things you can go out and do every day and that's a big difference like you watch the summer olympics you've got your basketball you've got your baseball softball all those main sports that you can basically go out and do whenever you want winter olympics it's really not like that and i'm sure someone in florida or someone in california can't relate at all to what they're seeing on their tv so maybe it's like cool for them to watch something different but it's also like well I've never seen this before, and I don't really know what they're doing. I don't think I could ever do this. So Chucky Hepburn of the Badgers had just four turnovers in his last 197 minutes played. Very good stat for the Badger guard. Not a very good stat next. College football attendance hit a 40-year low. And speaking of numbers going down, seven straight years, college football attendance declining. And today, or not today, this season was the lowest since 1981. So I don't really know the factor here and why it went down so much, but like any of the big games we were watching, these stadiums were still packed. So I feel like it's just kind of the middle range and lower D1 schools that are bringing it down a little bit. Plus, yeah, I think I think the pandemic, I, I know it's been seven straight years, but the pandemic has not helped these last few seasons. So I, I think, you know, we have put some asterisks to these last, you know, last two seasons. I agree. Matt Ryan, this one was crazy. He's going to have the largest cap hit in NFL history, $48,662,500. We're going to talk all about cap hits and money coming up with our Aaron Rodgers talk. 
Yes, indeed. It is Aaron Rodgers Monday on Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. We don't have him on, sadly. He won't be a guest, but we'll be talking some Aaron Rodgers as he was in the news quite a bit this past week. The date today, February 28th, 2002, on this day, 1903. We're going way back. Barney Dreyfus and James Potter bought the Philadelphia Phillies for $170,000. Drew, if we could buy a team for under 200 grand, we'd be all over it. Do you know how much things have changed? 170 grand to now these billions of dollars that these teams are costing. Yeah, we would take out a loan right away. We would go to Shipbuilders Credit Union and, you know, take out the loan. And, we yeah, we would be owners. They'd give us a good rate on it, too. On this day in 1925, the longest win streak for the Maple Leafs set at nine games for the early NHL, the original six. On this day in 1940, the first ever televised basketball game, the U of Pitts, so I'm assuming Pittsburgh, beats Fordham University, 50 to 37, first ever televised basketball game. Very interesting. On the state, 20 years later in 1960, the home team United States wins its first Olympic ice hockey gold medal at Squaw Valley with a 9-4 win over Czechoslovakia. On the state, 1967, Wilt Chamberlain. We got two NBA records coming up here. Wilt Chamberlain on the state, 1967, sinks an NBA record, 35th consecutive field goal. I'm assuming that wasn't just in one game. I'm assuming that stretched through multiple, but you never know. And on this day, 1981, Calvin, 1981, Calvin Murphy of Houston set an NBA record with 78 consecutive free throws. Big time stuff there from Mr. Murphy. And let's move on. And we're going to talk Packers right out of the gate. They have been making some big time moves and there are multiple, multiple contracts being restructured. Let's start with Kenny Clark. They created 10.892 million in cap space. They converted 13.615 million of Clark's 2022 compensation into a signing bonus and added two void years to his deal. That was basically the start of everything. And not too long after Aaron Jones was added to that list, they converted 3.75 million, a roster bonus to a signing bonus and added voidable Years so it lowers his cap void from 8.9 million to 6 million, a source said. And then just a few days later, we saw the same thing happen with another new cap hit, and it was the one and only David Bakhtiari as they converted 11.6 million into a signing bonus to clear cap space. And Drew, I was talking to Dan Franz Saturday, we were on our way to Laconia High School, we were talking about this a bit, and we both kind of agreed that this isn't for Rodgers just yet. Obviously, it's moving towards Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams, to place that franchise tag, it's going to cost quite a bit of money, and it seems likely that they're going to do so. And ultimately, what are your thoughts on all these moves, and do you think they're doing it for Rodgers mostly, or for Adams, or just for both of them, and just clearing it for whatever they need? Well, at the end of the day, once they franchise tag, they're going to be back to that $50 million spot, right? Uh, exactly. it's, it's like, you know, they did this move, it's really like they did this move to franchise take Adams. I think is the first thing, but like obviously Aaron Rodgers is the priority still. So um, I think, yeah, you're going to either way, they're going to have to clear up 50 more million. And um, I, I guess you could, well, Aaron Rodgers is the true priority of course, but it seems like once they, they're going to take Devonte Adams first. And then I feel like uh, that's the likely scenario because if you tag Adams, then it's going to be a lot easier to get Rodgers back. Like, Adams is the first priority for Rodgers. Has to be. Yeah, and but in the long run, you you know Rodgers is the priority. 
That's how I absolutely. That's how I look. But like to get there, you got to take Adams first. That's exactly, and that's how they're. That's how they're. I think they're going to go about it. So it's looking good, and yeah, you're really able to get around the salary cap in the NFL in ways um, we 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 don't see in other sports. So being able to convert things into signing bonus, the void years, it's it's just offers a lot of you know strategy and. Brian Gutekunst has been able to take advantage of that. So it's it's looking good uh, in the offseason right now for the Packers. But obviously, those two are priorities. And there are other guys, of course, who you, you, you want to sign back. But these two guys just pop off the page. But I'm happy with it so far. I agree. And we also do want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Greg Jennings. So of, I think it was on Friday. A rumor came yeah. out that Aaron Rodgers wanted... $50 million a year, and he wanted to be the highest paid player in the NFL. And Greg Jennings on first take, maybe it was one of those stupid morning talk shows where they just sit and talk for hours every single day and say a bunch of nothing. They were talking about Greg Jennings had like a four minute rant about how Aaron Rodgers is the most selfish player in the league. And when he was with Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers told Jennings not to do this and this and that, blah, 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 blah. A quote here says, Aaron Rodgers has been a very selfish guy. I go back to personal experiences. His words to me were, don't be that guy. All of a sudden, it's about the money. And to the surprise of no one in the Packers organization, a lot of people came to bat for Aaron Rodgers. Kurt Bankert sent out a beautiful tweet. He said, yes. first sentence, L take, lots of salt. Get a new narrative to spread. 12 is the most generous and thoughtful person I've met in the league, not to mention the back-to-back best player. It sounds like it comes from a person that wanted to be that guy but wasn't so ending with I a very that. sour taste and just a great response over to this. But, and I mean, we love to talk about Pat McAfee on the show as well. He actually texted Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers told him that there is no truth to that narrative at all. We have no clue where this $50 million number came from, but I would assume Rodgers doesn't want that number at all. Sure. He wants to be one of the highest paid, if not highest paid players in the league. And when you're back-to-back MVPs, you deserve it. But any other final thoughts on Rodgers right now in that $50 million range or just the Packers as we move ahead in time? Well, yeah, John Kuhn also commented and he, he brought up some great points as well. I, I think I think it, I'm shocked to see Greg Jennings. We've seen him time and time after actually come out against Aaron Rodgers now that his career is done. And maybe you could say publicity. You know, you, you don't know. You don't know with a guy like Greg Jennings. And it seems very weird to like because – Come on, Packers are going to choose Aaron Rodgers over Greg Jennings any day of the week. Whenever. Yeah, it doesn't even make any sense. That's why, I mean, he's kind of just hurting his relationship with Green Bay, you know, the fan base, the city, I'd, I'd say, at, at that. But, yeah, looking at the Packers, I mean, we've seen Aaron Rodgers never really be the highest paid guy in the NFL. Um, if you look like with other guys getting these big deals, you know, maybe for a season or two, but it, it ends up always being, you know, another guy right now, like Matt Ryan with that massive. Oh, yeah. Matt Ryan definitely deserves Mahomes, to be a higher Mahomes, paid player. Mahomes is up there. Yeah. If you look the guys who've gotten the massive extensions, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, but Aaron Rodgers, he, he, I'm sure like, you know, he would want to be, but like at the end of the day, like he, he's willing, you know, like everyone would want, you know, if you could make the most, you would make the most. Right. But he, he would, I'm sure be willing to take some sort of a cut, which we've seen doing his career, not be like the highest paid player. Like even after that historic 2011 season, I think, he would still be content with, you know, not making the most of it means his team is around him. What I'm saying he's a team player, but maybe, maybe they're saying like, 
he could potentially make 50 million, which they're true. He could, he could potentially make 50 million. Maybe the, he could, the, but it would just come. The reports were the skewed over. Yeah. The reports are skewed, you know, for, for headlines maybe is what I'm saying, because I don't know how you just get the 50 million number unless like that's because. Yeah, and I'm it's sure, actually an even and clean number too. You know what I mean? And that's what it's like market value probably is around because of how his performance, but like he's a $50 million quarterback. It's just, he won't sign for that because I, I don't, think he's Packers that selfish guy yeah he's yeah. not that selfish guy no so to kind of like tie it put in a, a bow around this i think he will sign for something under 50 million i think he returns with green bay i will stick with that we've heard even when we heard on the mcafee show i know he didn't really reveal things uh, but it sounds like he, he's content with staying with green bay and i know they described it the last stance i think we'll get a few more go arounds maybe one or two years i'll, I'll throw those two numbers up because I don't think Rogers is going to want to play till you know the 43, 44 that Tom Brady played. He seems content with his life. He seems at peace. So I think he'll sign for something, you know, in between maybe I'll throw a range in between like 35 and 50 million. And I'll put the 50 as the top because you know he's worth that much. So like he still could sign for that much, but I think he won't. So I'll throw that range in there. What do you think? Yeah, if I could go back and change my long bet to say if Packers would remain a Packer or if Rogers would remain a Packer or not, I would absolutely say yes. At this point in time, all signs, all roads are leading to that. And I was, I give him two to three years yet in the league. If so, say he signs like a three-year deal for whatever, $110 million or something, right? Say he would sign something like that. And then he wins the Super Bowl next season. I think there's a good chance he could retire and just be done. I feel like if he get, he wants that ring, he's searching for that ring. And I don't see him going anywhere else to get it now. And I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Rodgers, but a two to three year deal is what I expect him staying with the Packers. Likely, I think he'll get a two year deal. And I think that's kind of where they'll be. It'll maybe have an option for after that, but I doubt it. I don't think Rodgers is going to play a whole lot longer, like you said. And let's talk about baseball. You want to talk about playing. Are we getting somewhere? Will there be a deal today or not? The MLB has announced, and we know all about it. They will start canceling games today on Monday. They will cancel regular season games if no deal was met. Players won't be getting paid for those games. They won't be rescheduled. Spring training got pushed back three more days already. And some people around the league are saying, I think they met for like five and a half hours on Friday. Nothing was met. They met again for a very long time on Saturday. They're actually meeting today, Sunday, as we're recording. So they're meeting nonstop. Luxury tax is one of the big things yet that they got to figure out. I know they were basically set with the draft lottery, I think. But Drew, I know you know a lot more on this. They're able to expand on the MLB, and if a deal will finally be made today, final day, they can do something if they want to actually get the season started on time. Look, we talk about procrastination. Uh, let's say there's an essay due, you know. That You've got might. your group project, and you're going to wait until Sunday to do it when it's due. Yeah, and I think you can take that analogy. I think you can put that right now on what baseball is going on. I think both sides are stalling out until someone makes a move, but now with a deadline like this, I think they are going to hit it, but there is potential. These owners, and I, I'm not going to, you know, try to be harsh to them, but you know, they they don't necessarily care if the season, if some games are missed, because they're not losing money. It's, I mean, they yeah, will be. They've got like, all their money. They, they'll, they'll, they have enough money. You know, players are going to be the ones losing money, right? The fans are going to be the ones losing the experience, and at the end of the day, it's you can categorize it with greed, and both sides have wants that are not going to be met, and at the end of the day, they're going to have to meet in the middle. And yeah, supposedly they're in some sort of striking distance thing, but there are some things I want to talk about from, from really Fridays, you know, Fridays and Saturdays news that was going on. 
Um, but like we saw Friday's Friday's meeting, it ended and it, it didn't really look too well. Um, we saw, I believe the union, they, they, they proposed their offer and uh, owners shot it down and then players were extremely frustrated. They said tensions were high. It was very heated in the meeting. So I want to talk about that, but I want to talk about the, so here are, here are some problems here. Arbitration eligible um, is an issue. So like arbitration is when, you know, you can go to court, you know, in front of an arbitrator and make, you know, really state both sides, state their case, uh, how much money, you know, it's about, cause this is before you hit free agency. That's after six years of LB service time. LB's weird with it, but, and after then what you can do is, and in between those years, three and like five, you can really, you can be arbitration eligible, but what's happening now is the league because players at the end of the day, players want to hit arbitration and eventually they want to hit free agency as fast as possible because that's more money you're going to make instead of being on these rookie deals. So, well, um, yeah, look at the three brewers. Yeah. That's what we want to talk about with the rookie deals. All mm-hmm. of those guys, Woodruff, Peralta, I mean, into Burns as well. Insane how little money they're making. And the whole idea is, which you got to look at the small market teams, the small market teams, they want, they want this to be the, the six years because this is how they're going to compete. They can't compete. You know, if a guy hits free agency in three years, and then Completely they, unfair. they go to, you go to LA, you go to Chicago, you go to New York, you know, that that's at the end of the day, that's what it'd be. You'd go to LA. And we've seen Chicago, it time and time again. So that's, yeah, that, that's my whole thing. And it's, or you, you throw Texas in there, look at the money they've spent, but yeah, these bigger markets are going to, significantly have the advantage on a small market team like the Brewers. So that's why that's concerning, but there's some interesting things proposed. One of them that always that struck my mind was top two finishers in the rookie of the year for national and American league will be rewarded one year of service time. It regardless of if they played the whole year. So for example, you know, let's say you play, you play half the year and, or you play like hundred games, you know, you're not, you're not in the 25 man roster the whole year. You get called up in May and you win rookie of the year. Aaron Ashby. You'll be rewarded. Um, a full year of service time as a result, instead of like how, how much you were like, even if you weren't on. So therefore you'd be able to hit, you know, free agency earlier. We saw like how they kept Chris Bryant down for a little bit, you know, in 2015 to kind of take advantage of how that would work was, was a thing that was, they, they took advantage of it and they ended up, it worked out in their favor, but let's talk about the right now. The CBT is a problem, big problem. They want, they proposed, 245 million in 2022, 250 in 2023, 257 in 2024, 264 in 2025, and 273 in 2026. And so it's that, slowly going up every year. That's the proposed right now. And um, there is a significant difference in the numbers for that. It's millions. Oh, it wasn't even close when I yeah. looked at it one time. The luxury tax is with that. It's the bargaining tax, I believe, the bal- or the balance tax. My bad. Um, but it is just a wide discrepancy, and I don't know what what they're going to do because that is like that how do you even is, meet in the middle when you get off to read these numbers? It's like where are they going to even find a compromise? Yeah, and that's between you know it's another thing with the small market teams because they're going to need that want that to be like you know smaller or like a lower number because they need to they want to compete, and at the end of the day, in order for them to compete, um, you know it's got to be it's got to be a lower amount. And I, I think that, well, that's really the main problem right now, but the, the also the 14 team postseason is trying to be t- tied into with the league. 
don't know what you think about that. So it's 10 teams right now. I don't, I don't really see a need for it to get bigger, but every playoff in every league keeps getting bigger and they keep adding more and more teams. So of course that was going to get brought up eventually. You can't do that in baseball though. 160 no. games you play. Yeah, it's, no, that's the thing. Yeah. And then you're playing best of fives, best of sevens. It's like, that's way too many teams. Like, yeah, that's, that's my thing. And like, and how much longer is it going to stretch out the postseason then? Because we're going to see, we're going to see teams that you know, um, maybe won 80, 87 games. They could make the World Series, which is is okay with you know. But like, there are other playoff teams. Like that wouldn't be a, a team that would be make the playoffs some years, is what I'm saying. So I think it yeah, would like you because you know you get hot at the right time. Is my is I my whole like gripe with it? Uh, the draft lottery. That's another problem, um, because. I mean, I think they finally decided right now top six teams, I believe, are going to be draft lottery. Like, there's going to be the – like we see in the NBA. Yep. Um, what else? The league now agreed to limit the number of times a player can be optioned into the minors in a single season to five now. Interesting. Is, yeah. Like, there's small things that they added. But right now, the CBT is the main problem for the MLB. Because that's just that's that's the place right now where I mentioned millions of dollars is the difference, and I think like if they're able to hammer that out, it's the competitive balance tax, and we need to see a number that works for both parties in order to see baseball basically. So I'll say I think that's right. Now, I think the other things are able to be worked out. I know that other people are concerned about other things, but I say. If you're able to work out a competitive balance tax, and then you'll be able to, well, we'll see baseball. So, I'll wrap will up. we? Is the question. We're gonna figure it out, and maybe if anything, they post. Do you know how many games they're like threatening to cancel? Is it just like one series? Is it like three games to start the year, or they're canceling like a whole week's worth? I think it'll be a whole week's worth. Is my okay. prediction. So we'll have to see. Even if we lose a week of baseball, as long as we get baseball at the end of the day, that's all that matters. I just, I just want a spring training game in a few weeks. That's it. But. I don't know if it's going to happen. We're going to see. Only time can tell. Let's talk about some basketball to round off this week's episode. A little bit of a shout-out to high school real quick. Sadly, Manitowoc Lutheran Lancers, their girls' season came to an end. They beat Howard's Grove in overtime, 44-39 on Friday night. Really great game. It was 12-10 at the half. This was as low scoring as it gets. These two teams, it was their third time playing each other this year. They know each other like the back of their hand. Lutheran has only beat Howard's Grove once since joining the Big East North, and that was earlier this year at home. They beat him again, winning the season series. 44-39 was that score. Then the next night we headed to Laconia High School in Rosendale, but 1,036 population there in old Rosendale, and it seemed like every single person from Rosendale was at the high school at Laconia as Laconia beat Manitowoc Lutheran 61-31. Got to talk to Coach Benke after the game. Overall, a sad loss, sad way to end the season for Lutheran, but this was basically expected. Laconia was in D3 the past four years. They were the state runner-up three seasons ago in Division Three, and they've continued to win. They lost in the D3 regional final last year. They made sure that did not happen this season. They dropped down a division, lost about 20 enrollment, have 100 more kids than Lutheran, and at the end of the day, that's just how it works in high school. And if you're able to kind of just cheat the system is like what I like to call for football, especially, and do your best in a smaller division, you might as well. I think they're going back up to D3 next year, but we'll have to see. D1, sectional two, this Friday night, Manitowoc-Lincoln, 
makes the trip to Marquette High School where they try and prove that they got screwed and they should not have been a 10 seed. Some could argue that they should have even been an 8. I understand they were one win away from that 500 season, but I think a lot of people believed that the ships with their strength of schedule, with the teams they were playing, not only in that first CC, but their non-cons as well, they should have been able to host a game at the JFK. They got to prove that now Friday night at Marquette High School. I'll be there. I'll be doing that game as well. Damon Ryan, Dan Franz, and myself, three-man crew at Marquette High School. Can't wait for it. Before that, though, on Tuesday night, sectional two of Division Four, I will be at Oconto High School. Another team that got absolutely screwed. Manitowoc Lutheran has a better record than Oconto. They're certainly in a better conference to what I know, but... Manitowoc Lutheran is the 9, Oconto is the 8. They play Tuesday night. We'll be there at Oconto High School. The winner of that game plays Roncalli Friday night. That's the big one. Can't wait for, hopefully, a Roncalli-Lutheran rematch Friday night at the Jet Hangar. I think Roncalli will handle Lutheran this year. They beat him earlier in the year without Ethan Menges. This will be a rematch. Obviously, you all remember last year. It was the regional championship, right? Regional final. Yeah, the regional final. Manitowoc Lutheran beats Ron Colley. Big old upset last year. They got the job done and drew. That's all we're going to say because tomorrow, you and Robert Schimmick with your probably half an hour or so EWC breakdown. Only half an hour you're giving us? I, I don't I know. Don't, Robert, I don't know how long it's going to be. Robert Schimmick on the mic with me talking EWC hoops, especially now playoff time. Postseason, baby. We'll we'll wait and see how long it'll be, but you know, Valder's... They they play Destiny on Tuesday. That's gonna be interesting. And they had then, I believe it's St. Mary's Catholic. It's it's by Fond du Lac, another one. And that team, they they um, I believe beat Kiel by two only. So like okay. both these and common opponents wise, they're very similar. Like St. Mary's Springs, it is. St. Mary, yeah. Did I say? All right, I said St. St. Mary Catholic. St. Mary's Springs. There's, there's too many. Thank you, St. Mary's Springs and Fond du Lac area and. Like Valors could easily upset them too. So all I'm saying is, you know, might be looking good for Valors. I'll probably be in B Town for some games, brilliant. So I'll be able to comment on those as well. But it's looking EWC playoffs are starting up, you know, or I guess really WIA playoffs, but EWC teams in the playoffs. So it'll be lengthy, but it'll be fun. So I also want to mention one more thing with the um competitive balance tax. What's going on? Because just one brief thing with baseball, just going there a little bit. We could find an agreement at 225 to 230 million tomorrow or today, technically. Uh, so that I just want to mention that because right now the two sides, they actually like lowered it a lot. Like now Which we're talking good. like a $10 million, like, you know, given on some side. So just wanted to point out, we actually might see baseball because that being the biggest problem is now getting a lot, getting a lot closer. I can't wait. It's going to be just give us baseball. That's all at this point in time. That's all we want. Playoff time for high school coming up and college hoops. We got to talk about these. These are our bet of the week. There's actually, I'm going to have two bets. We'll talk about them when we get to it. Last week, the Minnesota Wild, they went 0 for 3. They did not win a single game. So Drew took the under. Both of us now are 5 and 7. For the bet of the week pool, there's really nothing going for this. Just keeping it up every single week until we get back to baseball when we do our Brewers Prediction Challenge for the week, see how they do so fun last year. I pulled it out. It came down to the World Series, and I ended up getting it right, predicting that the Braves would win. So 
I did want to say for hockey real quick, Saturday night was the NHL Stadium Series from Nissan Stadium. The Predators lost in Nashville. They lost 3-2, but it was a beautiful atmosphere. I got to watch little bits and pieces of clips I saw online. Great stuff. And also in the world of hockey, Saturday night, Drew, an NHL game ended with a 10-8 to score. Eight goals are scored in the third period. Can you imagine being at that game? Wild. Get it? It's like the all-star game. I absolutely do get it. The Minnesota Wild, they need to improve. 0-3 this past week. It's not going to cut it. Let's talk college hoops Saturday. We all know how wild, wink-wink, of a game that was. Monday, just talking about last Monday, Baylor barely escaped. They only beat Oklahoma State by two. UCLA and Ohio State, only other ranked player or ranked teams to play on Monday. They both got the job done. Big upset of sorts on Tuesday. UConn, they were ranked 21, and they beat Villanova by two. Big old Big East upset. And what were your thoughts on this? Do you think UConn has a chance to make a run this year? Yeah, I'll talk about UConn. Um, well, Dan Hurley got ejected that game. That's a yeah, coach. For, for no reason. Pumping up the crowd, which was ridiculous. But, yeah, this UConn team, actually, I, I've been a fan of. Um, I talk about some of the guys, RJ Cole. You know, we got Sonogo. They they have they have solid pieces and they're well coached again. Dan Hurley got to credit him. Hit them in Providence. And I'll throw Marquette in there. I don't think nope this Nova team has what it takes to you know make it far. I think they're an upset. They're a team that will get upset in the tournament maybe. But uh, Marquette is a team I think you know a, a shocker. I'm gonna say that I think they can go far. Like I'll say Elite Eight far. I think they they have what it takes. They beat the big time teams. But Providence is a team you know. They're they're impressive. UConn, we could we could easily see. I'd say three teams, three at least three teams in the Sweet Sixteen from the Big East. And I've I've got some teams as well that I'm not too fond on. Villanova, I think they can go. You know, I think they could probably make it to the Sweet Sixteen, but we'll have to see who they're matched up against and where they are. I don't trust Auburn or Arizona. I really don't. I know they're ranked high. I know they're good teams, but I don't trust them. They don't have enough big time experience. If any team is going to make it out of that bunch. It'll probably be Arizona. I think they have a chance to go kind of far, but we'll see. Bracket time. We're going to do a big old bracket challenge through the pod league, and we're going to do a bracket episode as well where we make ourselves a bracket. You'll have to pay to get in, but trust me, it'll be worth it if you end up winning that bracket. $5, I think, is what we're going with. And then ultimately, if you finish first and we have like 30 people in it, you might walk out with like 150 bucks or something. I mean, it's pretty low risk for high reward. Kansas on Tuesday, they put up 102 points beating their quote-unquote rival, Kansas State. Wow. Going to Wednesday, that's, that's not even a competition at this point in time. Going to Wednesday, really no upsets. Almost had one, though, as the Badgers just escaped Minnesota. Crowell led the way for the Badgers with 20 points. Biggest game of his career, 68-67 win for Wisconsin. They're up by two at the half. I don't know, Drew, did you watch this game at all? I don't know what was happening to the Badgers, but somehow they pulled it out in the end. Yeah, I did not catch um, a lot of any of that game really because again, go Marquette. Sorry, but Stephen Crawl. I mean, I've been hard on that guy uh, this whole year. I've been hard on a lot of their, you know, other than Tyler Wall, I've been a fan of, but obviously not Johnny Davis or Davidson, but uh, Davidson. But um, their big men have been kind of what hold that team back. If you look, they've lost. They've lost the teams with solid, solid fives. Um, we talked about this, Kofi Coburn. They've lost to Nate Watson from Providence and his Providence squad. And I think, you know, that's going to be how you beat Wisconsin. I think if you have a solid big man who can put up, you know, 15, 20 points a game, put up a double-double, I think odds are you 
got a pretty good chance to be in that game or win. We saw the same thing Saturday. Marquette almost lost because of a big man that they really weren't able to defend. Moving on in the week now, this past Thursday, Gonzaga, Arizona, top two seeds. They both got their win, something they didn't do on Saturday. But the big upset was UCLA going down to Oregon, 68-63. Oregon, the Ducks, beat UCLA. UCLA just... They were at that 12 seed. They'll be moving down. Ohio State, the 22, beat Illinois, the 15, 86-83. This one was a shootout, a 50-point second half for Ohio State. I still, I still think Illinois can make a run. We're going to talk about them coming up here in a little bit as well. As for Friday, really nothing to talk about. But then Saturday was the big one. It all started right out of the gate with Michigan State beating Purdue. 68-65, a three-pointer with two seconds left. Purdue goes down. They lose in right away in the morning. I think this was an 11 o'clock game. They went down first, and then I'm pretty sure the next one after that was Arkansas beating Kentucky, 75-73. The sixth seed goes down. So we had the four-seed lose. We had the six-seed lose. I'm not sure the order of the next ones, but Tennessee beat Auburn. 67-62, number 17-ranked Tennessee knocks off Auburn by five points. The number two seed, Arizona, loses to Colorado. Bad. Colorado beats them by 16, 79-63. Then I can tell you the five-seed Kansas, they lost. I don't know what happened at the end of this game. It was like super, super close with three minutes left. Baylor ends up winning by 10, so I don't know if it was a bunch of free throws or what, but 80-70, Baylor gets the job done. They got embarrassed by Kansas the first time around. They made sure that didn't happen again. And then the one seed Gonzaga loses to St. Mary's. Coming into the day, I thought St. Mary's would have a good shot to beat the Zags, and they did. 67-57, St. Mary's with the big-time win. Zags were down 15 at the half. They only scored 21 points. That was their first conference loss. Now, Drew, let's talk about the landscape. Let's talk about everything. We know Wisconsin beat Rutgers, so we're going to stay in the Big Ten for the time being. Badgers have sole possession of first place now with Purdue. They beat them earlier in the year, and this is our bet. We've got two of them. Let's start here. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. I'm pretty sure it's on ESPN. Wisconsin, Purdue, two. The rematch, Purdue coming off a loss. Badgers coming off their win. Purdue wants to avenge not only their most recent loss, but their loss to the Badgers earlier in the year where Johnny Davis had almost 40 points, put the team on his back. I don't think he can do that again, but you got to give the Badgers credit. They're at home, so they're going to be our favorite in the bet of the week. Badgers over under two and a half versus Purdue. Oh, you're making me go first too. Um... Well, I'm, I'm going to take the under. I think Purdue's going to edge him out. I'm taking under two. I think Purdue wins. I think Purdue is going to win by five to eight. I think that's going to kind of be the range where Purdue wins. Purdue, it's going to be very close to the half. It'll be like a two-point game, maybe like 32-30 at the half. Badgers are leading. I'll even give them that at the half. But then Purdue sneaks it out at the end of the day. That's what I think is going to happen. And now let's stay in the Big Ten. I'm going to do a long bet right now. Who wins the Big Ten championship? This is our long bet. Will it be Purdue? Will it be Wisconsin? Will it be Ohio State, Michigan State, Illinois? Who are you picking? I'm going to go a little bit of a wild card. I feel like Purdue is the obvious answer. I don't think the Badgers are going to win the Big Ten Championship. They certainly could, but I don't think they will. I'm going with the team I've always been high on, and that's Illinois. I love this Illinois team, and they're my pick to win the Big Ten Tournament. Ooh, okay. 
Um, I wasn't going to go Purdue, Wisconsin either. I am debating between like there, there's two teams on my mind, actually three, really, you know, it was Iowa, Ohio state, Michigan state. I feel like people sleep on Iowa. Yeah. And they do. I'm going to go Michigan state. I think we saw beat Purdue yesterday or two days ago now, but I think, I think they have what it takes. We saw them beat Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. I think, you know, they, they have the they have the resume that they've they've proven they can beat the big dogs. So I'll go Michigan State. So you're going unranked Michigan State. Maybe they will be ranked, but at the time of recording, the standings for the Big Ten, Badgers at 14 and 4, Purdue 13 and 5, Illinois 12 and 5, Ohio State 11 and 5, Michigan State and Iowa are both 10 and 7. But the Badgers have one game up on Purdue for the time being, with two games remaining in Big Ten play. Shifting gears to the Big East, Marquette. This is how we're closing out the episode. Marquette gets the win on National Marquette. They barely, but they did indeed find their way out on top. Big East standings right now. Sees Providence at 14-2. and two. Villanova's played two more games, but they're only a game back at 14-4. and four. And then it's kind of a fight. UConn 11-5. and five. Creighton 11-6. and six. So Creighton's half a game back on UConn. And then Marquette's one game back on Creighton at 10-7. and seven. We know the top five seeds get a bye in the Big East tournament, Drew. Looking ahead to Marquette. They got the win on National Marquette Day. We can talk about that game a little bit if you want. But other than that, Marquette, do they stay in the top five? They've got DePaul and St. John's. DePaul 4-13 and 13 and St. John's 7-9. and nine. It all depends on Seton Hall and if they win out. But Marquette, their best bet to get a bye in the Big East tournament is to win out. And I certainly think they will do so they'll win out they have a tiebreaker on seton hall so either way i'm I'm not worried i I think we'll see them be a top five i think we can actually maybe see them leapfrog up to four they could potentially with yeah or because the the stinker is that crane has a tiebreaker beating them twice but hey i think marquette will see them get a buy in the big east tournament which i'll take we also have to briefly touch on horizon league play as well i know yes not as popular but Marquette, That's how we're ending the episode, surprisingly. Let's do it. Marquette's, I think, going to sweep the season schedule now. They're going to they're gonna win the two games. And then, again, I, I'm there's going to be some bias here, but I think they could make a run. They could win the Big East tournament. So. We'll have to see. Horizon League, let's check it out. I know Green Bay, I haven't I haven't watched like anything of Green Bay this year. They got like <gasps> four wins. They're terrible. I watched a lot of them last year, but that was like COVID. The schedule was different. It was a lot easier to follow. And now Green Bay is just flat out bad. So Horizon League. Milwaukee Panthers, how are they doing? What's the landscape as we close out episode 51? Well, yeah, the Horizon League tournament's actually starting up very soon here. And the top teams are right now Cleveland State. They won the conference. They are the number one. They are a talented team as well. Purdue-Fort Wayne, Northern Kentucky, and Wright State. Those are the top four seeds. They get buys, actually, right now in the tournament. And then first round. So it gets interesting. You're going to love it here in this. No so number eight, UIC plays number nine, Milwaukee. You would think, because UIC is number eight, they would host the game, right? Yes. So you know how we heard UIC is leaving the horizon. Oh, league. so they lost that. They, instead of taking away playoff eligibility, they're not allowed to host games. So wow. they have to come to Milwaukee. So wow. UW-Milwaukee Panther Arena will be packed to watch their team. Now face the UIC, they've lost them twice, but you know what they say, it's hard to beat a team three times in the same year. So It is it's hard to beat a team twice. Yeah, so I, I like Milwaukee in this game, and that's big. And that they win, odds are they will probably 
yeah, they'll probably end up either playing Northern Kentucky or the, the goal would be to play at Wright State because they beat Wright State already. And they haven't really, Luke. you know, they, they haven't beat, they haven't played well against Cleveland State, Northern Kentucky, or Purdue Fort Wayne. So um, it's not looking good, but hey, they get to host one game for the Horizon the, League tournament. Where are the Phoenix looking? What are they? Oh, the Phoenix. You want to hear them? They have to play at Detroit against the Mercy. Um, they they maybe they beat I believe they beat Detroit Mercy. At, I feel like they did. They did. They beat them at the Rush Center. So, you know, this was a game that Green Bay actually might might be happy they got because they beat they ended up beating IUPUI, who's three and twenty five overall, actually ranked one of the lowest. I think the lowest in the country right now. Yeah, I think they were at one point. But yeah, seventy to sixty three. Green Bay beat Detroit Mercy. Yeah, and the so other Green, game got canceled. Green Bay's liking this game. Uh, Green Bay, hopefully, if Green Bay makes it out, that would actually help Milwaukee's case if Milwaukee wins because Green Bay would have to play, they'd have to play at Cleveland State then. And I mean, so listen to this them. Green Bay's coming off a big win, right? They're coming off a ton of momentum 67 41 win over IUPUI. That's big time, baby. They got that big win. They only lost to Illinois Chicago by four, they only lost to Cleveland State by 12. I mean, they're staying in it against some good teams here late in the season. I know the record's not the best, but at the end of the day, their girls' team's doing pretty well. They won like 10 straight games a week or so mm-hmm. ago. They're number and three they get right to now. Host. Yeah, they get to host, so it's, that's not bad. It's funny because the number one team for girls, IUPUI. What? What a 21 and 6 overall, 18 and 4 in conference. GB's number three. Cleveland State's got a, you know, the number four. In the, for girls, number one in boys, so that's impressive, or men's, I should say. So that's impressive for Cleveland State. But yeah, Milwaukee's number six. They also play UIC. Um, they're number eleven UIC, who's two and twenty-four overall, one and twenty in conference. So yikes! It's kind of like the Ron Colley thing, though, right? Their boys' team is so good, one conference, and their girls' team didn't win a game all they, year. So they hung like in there that, against Coleman. I know they did. I was very surprised to see they only lost by what, like ten or twelve? It was tied. At it half. was like. It was very, half, yeah. very, very surprising, but good fight from the Jets. Ships, ships, girls lost as well, which was expected. So I guess we should shut out them to end the episode. Anything else? Otherwise, show yourself more, out before. Yeah. One more stat, and then we're out. All Let's right. hear it. So since the AP poll began in the 1948-1949 season, there have now been 1,796 days, at least, with one AP top five team where they lost. There's been 296 days. At least two out of the five lost. Thirty-eight days, at least three out of five lost. Three days, at least four out of five lost. And then one day that all five lost, and that was Saturday. So, and there's never been out. top six either. So you can even take it one I, further. Right, I could even go one one step further. Yeah. Like that. So that just shows how wild Saturday was in the realm of college basketball. But with that, Drew Skyberg everywhere. D R E W S K Y B E R G. Don't yeah. forget. Don't forget tomorrow, big one, Drew Skyberg, Robert Chimrick. They'll be talking all about EWC previewing the tournament for the boys. Who's going to go where? Who's going to play who? Who's going to fare well against what teams? That's going to happen on tomorrow's EWC Boys and Girls Basketball Breakdown. Thank you all for joining us and listening to another episode of Jordan Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.